What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 281 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are going to go game by game through the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. This is a pretty good slate of games, Joey. Yeah, I mean, we obviously went over like how we thought the playoffs would go last week. I kind of got torched. Yeah. I don't know about you. I mean, some uh, obviously some of the the winners were predictable, but I, I thought the Vikings would win. They obviously lose to the Giants, and I thought the Chargers would win. They would obviously blow a 27-point lead to the Jags. But other than that, just on straight money line, like who I thought was going to win, I went 6-2, and two, but against the spread, I mean, 1-5. Just absolutely horrendous. Just pissed away money at the casino yep. on live bets, and... You know, I just want to start this off by saying I'm such a fucking coward. I'm <laughs> such a coward. We were talking, you know, all weekend about these games, and on the pod I said Cowboys win, right? Cowboys covers. The line shouldn't be two and a half. I tweet two and a half. You're telling me, oh, it's it's chalked. The Cowboys are losing, blah, blah. It's the Cowboys. Yep. You know, you, you were on that train like everybody else. And uh-huh. just looking at the numbers and looking at the NFL season this entire year, come on. Like what? What? What am I doing? Why didn't I put money on the Cowboys minus two and a half in this spot against the second worst offense in the NFC, the third worst offense in terms of yards per play, a team with a losing fucking record in the playoffs? What am I doing? Why didn't I fucking hammer the Cowboys? And I told you, and I told you, I don't know why anybody gave the Bucks life this team was horrible and the Cowboys are actually a very good team obviously they had been playing poorly but that can flip in an instant and we saw it and Dak came out and was obviously very surgical I'm, I'm just such a fucking coward and I, I just had to start off with that I should have put the fucking bank on Cowboys minus two and a half because that line was not correct and that was clear cut a spot to attack and I didn't and I'm just so pissed the beautiful thing about the NFL is there's always next week and we have a chance to make it all back this week until there's not until there's not but luckily for us uh, XFL kicks off like the next day or some shit I don't don't know (laughs) but that's more of a a prize picks YouTube content situation but let's let's get to it man we have four banger games on this slate let's go through them in order starting off with saturday 4 30 p.m the kansas city chiefs host the jags who as you alluded to completely upset the chargers down 27 to 0 took 1.4 million from uh the the worst better in sports betting history uh (laughs) The Chiefs have a slate-high 30.75 implied team total. The total on this game itself is 53 highest on the slate. And I guess the question, I mean, I think think the Chiefs should roll here, but can the Jags keep the magic up? I mean, is this a situation like the Bengals last year? Can the Jags defy all the odds and make a deep run? Do you think they're alive in this game as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs? I mean, I I think they should give the Chiefs a little bit of a scare, potentially. Obviously, I think the Chiefs roll in this spot though line is eight and a half I don't know which way I would lean because eight and a half is a lot but 
this Chiefs team is just so good and Patrick Mahomes is clear-cut the best quarterback in the NFL and it always feels bad betting against the Chiefs but they also haven't been too good at covering the spread so I'm not too sure which way I would lean there I think the Jags can keep it close but obviously I expect the Chiefs to pull it out offense is too much Patrick Mahomes is too much Andy Reid is too good of a coach but this Jags team should be able to compete and you know I look forward to seeing this Jags team over the next few years with the young core that they have of skill position players they obviously get Calvin Ridley back next year so I think they'll be an AFC threat but in this game Chiefs roll but there's still a lot of good fantasy pieces in this game for Mm -hmm. sure from a total perspective this is the highest total game on the slate and there should be a lot of DFS plays on here with Mahomes at 8k we have some of the running backs on the slate ETN Jarek McKinnon and uh, and a ton of skill position talent that we can play on DraftKings as well yeah and I mean DraftKings you could play whoever you want this week. I mean, talk, yeah, talk about yeah. that. Like, the salaries are, are somewhat egregious, to, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just taking a look at, you know, the positions. I mean, Allen and Jalen Hurts are under 8K. They haven't been under 8K since you know, probably the midpoint of the season. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey coming off of a 25-point game, gets a $900 decrease. Saquon Barkley had a 28-point game. He stays the same. Pollard gets a decrease. ETN stays the same after a good game against the Chargers, and some of the other players stayed the same that had decent slash okay games. Wide receivers, I mean, it's pretty bad i mean you could yeah. you could literally play anybody you want jamar chase got a decrease dig stayed the same cd lamb got a decrease uh debo samuel stayed the same after he dropped what 35 last week t higgins is under 6k for some reason he was uh 7600 in week 18 <laughs> <laughs> um, you still have all of the uh jags wide receivers that are fairly cheap you know zay jones is under 5k christian kirk is 6k flat evan ingram is under 5k marvin jones is obviously stupid cheap he's under 4k the chiefs players are also very cheap yeah the this slate you can play whoever you want in terms of the quarterback position with Patrick Mahomes, I think he's the best play on the slate, to be honest with you. He's got the best matchup of any of the elite quarterbacks. The total is the highest on the slate from a game perspective. Their team total is three points higher than any other team on the slate. And I do believe that unlike last week where we saw Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, some of the cheaper guys on the slate have big games, I think that this week it's going to come from the top three. However, if there was a quarterback that could potentially match them just based off of a points production sort of uh, outlook. I think it's probably Trevor because you're getting a significant discount. 2K mm-hmm. off of Trevor Lawrence obviously started terribly last week, four interceptions in the first half, but completely turned it around, went nuclear, four touchdowns in total once all was said and done. And they're going to have to throw the ball a ton to keep pace with Casey in this game. I love Trevor and the Jags wide receivers who you mentioned, I think are all phenomenal plays. Christian Kirk coming off of a 14 target game at 6K flat, Zay and Marvin Jones both underpriced as well. A lot of direct directions you can go when stacking this game up and Trevor gives you access to a lot of salary to fit everybody in that you'd like to yeah I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the the best cheap quarterback play I think that's a conversation between him and Brock Purdy who is 5400 and obviously gets elevated by the players that he's playing with but at 6k Trevor Lawrence looks really good as as the pay down quarterback option and he obviously has a ceiling we talked about that at the beginning of the year how we couldn't play Trevor Lawrence just because we hadn't seen a ceiling from him at all so far in his NFL career and then past the midway 
point of the season, he comes out, he has a 36-point game on DK, a 31-point game, you know, a 28-point game in there as well. So we, we know the upside in the ceiling is extremely high, and the game environment is so, so good. So I think he is the, the pay-down quarterback. If you're playing, you know, cash for this four-game slate, and the main slate for this weekend is the four-game slate. They have a Millie Maker for it. So that's what we're talking about. I think that you're probably playing one of Hurts, Allen, or Mahomes. And I do think Mahomes is going to project the best out of all four. But, I mean, it's still Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. The uh, discrepancy between all three of these guys is is very marginal from uh, points per game perspective. Like, Mahomes averaged 27 DK, Allen 27.1, Hurts 26.7. So they were all within .4 points of each other. And they're, they're on three of the best off offenses in the league so I mean you can't really go wrong but Mahomes in my opinion is probably going to project the best but if you if you want to play Josh Allen play Josh Allen if you want to play Jalen Hurts play Jalen Hurts I I think all three are very good but agreed I, I think there's very little separation at the top I just do know that you want to be in that tier at the running back position I think that two of the better plays on the slate are in this game in Travis Etienne and Jarek McKinnon McKinnon is just a machine dude he, he scores so many touchdowns his role is so good in the receiving game right now you can play him with Patrick Mahomes very easily because they reach their ceilings in a correlated way and as far as Travis Etienne goes man 6400 dude racked up 20 attempts attempts and a hundred yard and over a hundred yards rushing in a game where they were down 27 to zero in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like if that doesn't tell you that this man is game script independent, I don't know what will. Yeah, no, I, I think that for the Jags offense, it's important that they stick with the ground game. And that's really the only chance you have of upsetting a team like the Chiefs is by keeping Patrick Mahomes off of the field. And you know how you do that is you do that on the ground, bleed the clock, you make it a slow paced game uh, because you're, you're probably not going to win in a shootout against this Chiefs team. Right. right. So the way they win is by running with Travis Etienne. And I do think he is game script independent. We we both like his over on prize picks. It already got bumped. He opened at 63 and a half. He's at 68 and a half now. I still like it there. And I, I would expect another good Travis Etienne game. But this could be another situation where they get down early against the Chiefs and they will have to abandon the run game. Like mm-hmm. you, you could stick with it against a team like the Chargers, a team that gives up a ton of work on the ground and a team that continuously chokes and disappoints right we we talked about it a ton this year whenever you bet on them whenever you need them the most they will disappoint you maybe that's too narrative-y but they get down 27 against the Chiefs is ggs like you're abandoning the run and you're focusing on the pass so really that's the only concern but I still think ETN is one of the best plays on the slate Yep, totally agree with that. And and part of that goes into the sense that I think the running back position in general is relatively weak this week. You know, we're we're down to the very few last like full-time workhorses in CMC Barkley and I guess you could put Mixon in there, but even he seeds mm-hmm. work to P Ryan. ETN is in that, but after that, you know, everybody's in a timeshare. Pollard, McKinnon, yep. Sanders, Pacheco, Zeke, you know, the Bills guys, everybody is splitting time here. So I think there is a lot of value, especially if you are playing cash games and targeting these guys that you know will have full workloads, i.e. ETN, Mixon, Barkley, and McCaffrey. I think ETN 
Etienne is probably the best of the group just for the savings that you get off of McCaffrey and Barkley from a cash game perspective. Wide receivers here, Christian Kirk is the standout to me out of all of the receivers in these two games, but I think that there is value in finding plays outside of that, especially with the Chiefs guys. It's been inconsistent all year where the ball is going. Juju has been, I would say, the most consistent receiver in this offense, although his most recent stretch has been fairly disappointing under six DraftKings points in three straight games, no more than three catches since week 15. But prior to that, he had ripped off a couple of big target, big catch games. Do you think that Juju can bounce back here at 5,100? And then your thoughts on the other Chiefs receivers? Yeah, I definitely think that Juju is in play for this game against Jacksonville. Obviously, the the Chiefs wide receivers in general, I think, are very low upside. And that's kind of been a consistent thing with the Chiefs outside of, you know, their top two players over the years, right? We had Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and then it was everybody else. Mm -hmm. And everybody else really didn't have upside, even though this is the highest scoring team in the NFL. And same goes for this year, right? We have Kelsey as the number one. McKinnon has emerged as the number two, and it's been everybody else. So, I mean, Juju is obviously a low floor you know, middling ceiling option at 5,100. I don't mind him as part of game stacks. Then I guess you could take shots on, you know, Kadarius, Tony, Hardman. It looks like Hardman actually might not be active, so he might not be in play, but MVS, Kadarius, Tony, Justin Watson is 3,100. I'd be interested in taking a long shot on Justin Watson as I, I do think that outside of MVS, he's probably the highest snap wide receiver. Outside of Juju, I should say, not MVS. I think he's the highest snap wide receiver. But other than that, I mean, these, these guys just aren't interesting at all. If I'm, if I'm sacking somebody with Mahomes, it, it's Kelsey and McKinnon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And to the point of Travis Kelsey, 7,700 here. It's a good matchup. The Jags have bled points to the tight end position all week. They get the best tight end in the NFL. On deck here, I, I think, you know, I mean, what needs to be said about Travis Kelsey. He's a phenomenal play and you absolutely have the salary to stack him with Mahomes this week. So it's not going to be sneaky, but you definitely should have some exposure if you're playing DFS this weekend in Mahomes and Kelsey stuff. The upside is just yeah. so high. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like he's due for some nice touchdown regression in this spot. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 12, which is well, approximately like three months ago. Yeah, oh I, don't, my God. I don't know. May, maybe like two, two and a half months ago. But last week against the Raiders, or two weeks ago, I should say, um, you know, he got tackled at the one yard line twice, tilting because I bet his over half a touchdown and first touchdown score got tackled at the one yard line. Shout out to Travis Kelsey. But I, I do think he's due for some touchdown regression. And I, th- I think the Chiefs come out, they're fresh off of bye. And we know Andy Reid coming off of a bye, like you could lock in the Chiefs for, for 30 plus points in this spot. Yep. That has been a long standing trend for the Chiefs offense. And they do have Travis Kelsey over half a touchdown on prize picks right now i think i might have to take that i mean if anybody has ever been due he's fucking due he is due i love that that might be an absolute smash all right let's move on to game number two the saturday evening game the new york giants fresh off of an upset travel to philadelphia for a third time rematch against the eagles this week philly is seven and a half point favorites here 48 total the eagles have the second highest implied team total on the slate behind the chiefs at 27.75 the giants were very impressive last week they were 
but mm-hmm. I, I do truly believe in my heart that this game is going to be non-competitive. I, I think the Eagles absolutely blow the brakes off the Giants. Like, they played poorly in Jalen Hurts' first game back after injury. They've had the bye to get ready, and this has been one of the best teams, if not the best team, for a long stretch this season, and I, I really do believe they're going to completely impose their will on the Giants <laughs> this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Giants came out, played uh, super well against the Vikings, kind of changed how they played on offense for their opponent, which is obviously the the right thing to do from a coaching perspective, right? Like you, like you play your opponent, and yep. they come out super pass-heavy against the worst passing defense or one of the worst in the, in the league last week. And this Eagles defense has no flaws, right? So how are you going to come out and attack one of the best pass defenses in the NFL? Actually, I think the best in terms of uh, a yards allowed perspective to opposing quarterbacks and uh, and a very good run game with one of the best defensive lines in football with multiple pro bowlers on it. Saquon Barkley had one of his worst games of the year against the Eagles in their first meeting, obviously didn't play in their week 18 matchup, but I do agree the Eagles probably come out at home coming off of a bye, seven and a half point favorites. I think they win by double digits. So yeah, I thought that this spread would be something similar to that. I guess that they're not going to give you a, a 14 point spread in the divisional round, but like they, they probably should have. The Eagles are yeah. such a superior team. It's it's really not close to me. I'm shocked that the spread in the Chiefs Jags game is, is larger than this one. And we'll have to wait and see what ownership looks like. But if Mahomes and and like Allen, maybe Burrow, just for the game environment, come in as higher owned quarterbacks, then I'll be all over the Eagles, every lineup type of situation. Like I'm so confident that the Eagles put up points in a big way in this in this game. And I, mm-hmm. I really do I believe they dominate in, in all facets. They're just the better team in every way. So, you know, I, I love Jalen Hurts here. I probably would be fully staying away from Daniel Jones, even after the monster game he had last week, even after coming off of two 30 point games in a row on DraftKings. I I think that comes to a halt this week. Yeah, I totally agree. Really don't have any interest in Daniel Jones. I think Jalen Hurts, obviously one of the best quarterback plays on the board. We already touched on him, Mahomes and Allen. Love all three of those guys. The Eagles wide receivers are definitely interesting. AJ Brown, 7,600. Devonta Smith is 7,200. That should keep their ownership down because I think this is the, you know, like the highest priced double stack out of the top three mm-hmm. with Hurts, Brown, and Devonta Smith all being in the, in the 7k range and really no other options that you could pair with Hertz other than Goddard who's 4500 and I think he should be one of the higher owned tight ends so I think the the leverage and contrarian play is Devonta Smith and AJ Brown on the slate obviously kind of a worse matchup than let's say Jamar Chase versus Buffalo or the Jags wide receivers versus Kansas City or the Kansas City guys versus the Jags defense but the ownership leverage should be there so love AJ Brown love Devonta Smith this week in terms of the Giants players, I don't really have much interest. I do think this is a very tough spot for like Darius Slayton, Hodgins, and Richie James. If I had to pick one, Richie James would, would be the guy for me. He's 3,900. And I just think that if I'm playing a Giants wide receiver, I want the cheapest one. He had 19 points against the Eagles in their first matchup, uh, seven catches, 61 yards. And that's where I think you beat the Eagles is in the slot. So it'd really just be Richie James for me or Isaiah Hodgins. Um, but uh, Hodgins got a little bit of a, a price increase he's up at 4900 now other than that I don't really have too much interest but I guess Saquon Barkley would, would be really the uh, conversation 
to have is whether or not you're playing Saquon this week. Yeah, I I think there's validity to it because Saquon can get there in multiple ways. You know, even if the Eagles play to the script I expect them to and sort of beat the brakes off New York, Saquon can still get there. He's had double digit target games this season, so he can rack up a ton of points even in a negative game script. And if the Giants do, you know, what you said they did last week in terms of playing to their opponent, while the Eagles defense you know, on the run isn't bad by any stretch. It isn't as imposing as their past defense. So maybe they lean a little bit more on Barkley and try and get him into space and, and utilize him in the in the receiving game. So I think you can play Barkley, like obviously on a four game slate. If you're talking about a player you expect to touch the ball 20 times, they are in play. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think he's okay, but I, I probably prefer, you know, ETN and McKinnon at their price tags respectively, and then CMC for a hundred more. So all in all, I'm probably fading Barkley. I'm not too interested in the Giants receivers. Like you said, agree that Richie James in the slot is probably the go-to target. Agreed with your take on the Eagles receivers as well. Really the only group of skill players that didn't get underpriced on this slate. So that makes uh, sense to me. Goddard, might be the highest owned tight end on the slate. 4,500 is just too yeah. cheap. And he has a very good role in this offense. Very high upside. We haven't seen it in some time, but I think that it's always there. Would like to have some exposure to Goddard with my Jalen Hurt stuff. And uh, Daniel Bellinger is going to be a no-go for me this week. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence Cager played some last week. He did. And I, I think they kind of finally realized that, that he's probably the better option. But Bellinger did catch a touchdown. And I, I think... They'll play Bellinger more, but he's obviously very low upside. I have no interest in Bellinger, but I do agree that Goddard is probably the chalk at tight end this week. And I, th- I think that Vegas has us at seven and a half points because obviously it's a it's a third divisional game. These two teams know each other. I think Vegas is also giving credit to Brian Dable and the coaching staff for the Giants. And they've been playing close competitive games. So I think that's why this spread is seven and a half. But clear cut, the Eagles are the more talented team. They're more rested, and this should be a spot where they win by 10-plus, but it's the NFL playoffs. Four out of the six underdogs won last week, so maybe uh, the favorites are due for some regression there. Something to think about. I could see it. Do you want to take a long shot dart throw on the Giants killer Boston Scott at (laughs) 4,300? Nah, I mean, you only bet on Boston Scott on on the books for a touchdown. That's it. First touchdown, anytime touchdown. I mean, he's scoring a touchdown. He's got 10 career touchdowns against the Giants. They're talking about it in the media. They asked the Giants defensive coordinator. He's like, nah, just because he scored a touchdown doesn't mean he's the Giants killer. That was before I got here. Like, bro, he's scoring a touchdown on you. Just accept it. He has three touchdowns this year, two of them were against the New York Giants in both of the games that they played. And and I tell you who the fourth one's going to be against, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's uh, move on to Sunday, where, I mean, this is the game I'm most excited for, maybe just because I'm a Closet Bills fan, just kidding, Lions for life. Cincinnati at Buffalo, where the spread has moved a full point and a half. Buffalo now favored by five, 48 and a half total, second highest on the slate. We get a redo of the week 17 game that never was. And I'm just so excited for this game. I think there's a lot of uh, reasons to be excited to watch this game. I think either of these teams could go to the Super Bowl. In fact, I'll just put my stamp on it right now. Whichever team wins this game goes to the bowl. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. I think that 
the Bengals got hoed by the NFL. This game should have been on a neutral field. Don't know why it wasn't. I don't know why they only said specifically a Bills-Chiefs game would would be on neutral field for the AFC Championship. That didn't make too much sense to me. I I think the NFL is hoeing the Bengals. Uh, We see that obviously with the spread movement going from three and a half open to minus five and a half now for the Bills. I still think five and a half. That that's too many fucking points. Yeah, maybe. You're a Bills hater. You're a Bills hater. Of course, you think it's too many points. I'm not a Bills hater, but they obviously have flaws as a team. They're very beatable in the secondary. Trey White is not at the same level that he's used to playing at. They just lost their cornerback to an Elam who got hurt in that game against Miami. They are prone to mistakes and turnovers on offense. Josh Allen will throw an interception or have a fumble in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you could lock that in. He will have a bonehead mistake in every game that he plays in. And probably obviously, in the red zone. Obviously, his upside is is so high, and he's very he's a very good quarterback. But they will get one of those. The, the Mangos will. Joe Burrow won't do that. That's the thing. He won't have those mistakes and those boneheaded turnovers. But the only concern with the Bengals is they've lost three of their top offensive linemen over the last month. Mm. And I think that is a huge concern going up against a Bills team that does blitz the quarterback and can generate pressure just with their front four and, you know, front five. So I think that that's a concern. I could see why it's five and a half. The Bills are at home, home field advantage. But they only beat this fucking horrible Dolphins team. Granted, with Skylar Thompson, they're they're bad. They only won by three points, and this line is five and a half. And the only time that we've seen these teams play, Joe Burrow was literally on his way to making it a 14 to three game. Mm. And it's five and a half points. What are we doing, Vegas? But if you don't want to bet on the spread, the mortal lock from a betting perspective, Bengals over 21 and a half team total. That's just disrespectful. You're telling me they're they're scoring 21 and a half points in this game? In a game where they know they're going to get into a shootout? Joe Burrow basically came out and said it in the post-game interview after the Ravens game. Did he? I missed that. What did he say? Yeah. Reporter asked him a question about facing Buffalo next week. He said something about along the lines of, yeah, it's going to be an offensive it's going to be an offensive like shootout mm. that that team total line is a complete smash i'm absolutely going to be betting that and i agree with you like i think the bills do win this game personally but i five is too much like when we were talking about this at the close of uh, wild card weekend like we sort of thought it would be a pick em. you know like the line was what one and a half two and a half when it closed for the week 17 game i don't think it minus should be one. any minus one for the bills um on the road so i don't think it should be more than a field goal here five seems extremely to me. I probably like the Bengals side from, you know, a points perspective, but getting back into DraftKings, we've kind of already talked about the quarterbacks and, and Josh Allen. I don't think there's much that separates him from Hurts and Mahomes. They're all fantastic plays with massive ceilings. Burrow, he also has a, a pretty ridiculous ceiling as well. And like we saw with Skylar Thompson and, and Thompson's game wasn't phenomenal. He only threw for like 220, but that could have easily been a 300 yard game. Jalen Waddle had like two drops of 40 plus yards. Like, yeah. I mean, Jamar Chase ain't dropping those. And Jamar Chase put another double-digit target game on the resume. That brings his total up to 10 out of 13 this season. Just absolutely unreal. I think Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver play on the board. And if Burrow gets overlooked because people would rather play Trevor in that price range for the game environment and the rest of the ownership gets spread between the top three, Burrow could be a phenomenal leverage play as well. Oh yeah, Burrow is one of the best tournament plays on the slate especially if we expect this game to shoot out and you know 
expecting it to become a quarterback duel which this game could easily become that right and like I said in the small sample that we saw with these two teams playing on week 17 Joe Burrow looked so sharp he was very decisive very accurate and he was driving on this Bills defense like they weren't even there yeah like they weren't even playing fucking defense on those first two drives and if we get that Joe Burrow at 6,500 with T Higgins at 5,800 and Jamar Chase at 7,800 I think that's probably the best double stack on the slate Mm -hmm. and you might get Burrow at lower ownership obviously I think Jamar Chase is the highest owned wide receiver on the slate he's the most talented wide receiver on this slate in my opinion he's a fucking superstar shout out Jamar Chase he he cashed both of us out on Sunday which we didn't even talk about yeah Um, huge and literally he never fails you like he does what he's supposed to do he fucking this dude doesn't get tackled I've seen other people talk about it but the first tackler is not bringing down Jamar Chase. He's just so good. The upside is so high. And, you know, if you're playing on this four-game slate, I mean, you're you're locking in Jamar Chase into every lineup, and you're hoping for the best. Yep. Not too many players I feel more confident in than Jamar Chase. For $100 less, you can play the Bills superstar receiver and Stefan Diggs. How do you feel about that as a pivot in GPPs, playing them together? Diggs, coming off of a what was a slow stretch to end the year, has now had consecutive of 100-yard games, finding his groove, the Bills going back to what has worked for them historically, which is Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. It's a decent matchup. The Bengals have a middling defense in both facets of the game, but Diggs is a phenomenal player, and I, I think that there's some merit to going there, especially if his ownership is held in check. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Diggs is a great play. I think him and Chase will both be pretty chalky on this slate. Diggs was like two plays away from just breaking the slate last weekend ends up finishing with 21 which is okay but Josh Allen missed him on a touchdown on like the first or second play of the game then Josh Allen hit him deep on the on the left sideline for well like a a 52 yard play gets tackled at like the five yard line right he obviously ends up not scoring but the day could have been so much better for Diggs and that just obviously isn't shown on the stat sheet so he's a a very good play and in that game against the Bengals like on the Bills drive that they had Josh Allen was targeting Diggs uh, quite a bit I think he had like two or three catches on the first drive in that Bengals game just eating up Diggs was feasting yeah eating up the Bengals cornerbacks and ever since they lost uh Chidobe Awuzie or whatever the fuck his name is they haven't been the same and this is a matchup where you know superstars you, you bet on them and that, that's the playoffs in general, right? Like, stop betting on the scrubs. You bet on the superstars because when the time comes, the superstars are going to get the ball. Like, that's who they're going to, except for Kirk Cousins, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was just disgraceful in, in all facets. But, yeah, I mean, not for what it's worth, I mean, we've talked about T. Higgins and him being underpriced, which is honestly just straight-up disrespectful. T. Higgins should never be looking up and seeing 6K. That's just crazy to me. And, and Gabe Davis, though, 4,800, called that on last week's pod, finished for 6, 113, and 1. I mean, 26 points on DraftKings. As long as he's this price, he's a good play on DraftKings for tournaments. It's that simple. He has a ceiling. You know, anytime he touches the field, the floor is obviously low. Like, he's just as likely to get you, you know, three or four catches for 50 yards as he is to go for over 100 and a touchdown. But you play into that in games that have the potential to shoot out, especially at a reduced price tag. So once again, I think Gabe is a good play. I feel a little less 
confident about it. Like usually I can feel it in my soul when a big Gabe Gabe is coming. I don't necessarily have that this week, but logistically, I think it makes sense uh, from tournaments. And then at tight end, Dawson Knox has scored a touchdown in five straight games. He is 3,800 and he's a good play, you know, plain and simple. I mean, he's a, he's a good play because uh, obviously touchdown upside is pretty high with Knox as we've seen five touchdowns, like you just said, over his last five games. But other than that, like you need him to score. So he's he's a touchdown or bus play. He's going to get you like two or three catches, 25, 30 yards. If he does score a touchdown, he's a good play, but you probably still won't need him. Yeah, so. that's fair. That is fair. I think that in terms of like a pay down, like 4K or lower, I like Dawson over anybody else on the board, including Hayden Hurst in this same game. But he is pretty close to guys like Schultz, Ingram, and, and Goddard. All those guys have higher ceilings. Yeah. But let's move on to our final game Sunday night football this week. Dallas at the San Francisco 49ers. Dak Prescott, Big Cock Brock in the tightest spread game of the week. Three and a half points favoring the San Francisco 49ers. Lowest total on the week at 46. And out of all four games this weekend, this is the one that I could really see going either way more than any of the others. Yeah, I totally agree. As it stands right now, the Cowboys have the second lowest implied team total on the slate with 21.25, just above the Giants. The 49ers have the fourth highest team total at 24.75. So Vegas is expecting a lower scoring game between these two teams. Both defenses are very, very good. And obviously the Cowboys have the quarterback edge. I think Brock Purdy is the worst quarterback in the playoffs. Is that a a take you agree with? Mm, I'd rather have Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I guess so. But yeah. I mean, talent wise, it's not even close. Like Daniel Jones. I mean, Purdy just gets the the system. He gets bump, the though. boost. Yeah, yeah he, he gets, gets the he, he gets the and... Shanahan boost, and he gets the boost of having probably the best uh, group of skill players in the NFL. <laughs> so obviously, he's he's going to be good from that as- aspect, right? But just pure quarterback wise, like Dak blows Purdy out of the water. So I see why this game is three and a half points, and the Cowboys actually got a point to their direction, which tells me that money is coming in on the Cowboys in this spot plus the point. And that's the way that I would lean. You know, when you when you're betting with your emotions, you're gonna bet on the 49ers, right? When you're betting with your brain, you could still bet on the 49ers because they're a very good team. But I think the Cowboys are the play here at plus three and a half. I think that they have just as good of a defense as San Francisco. I think Dak is a very good quarterback. I know he's had his faults and his turnovers and whatnot, but I think he's way better than Brock Purdy. I think that the Cowboys have good skill position talent. It's obviously not CMC and and Debo and whatnot, but they have CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz is a very good tight end, and a couple ancillary guys, you know, Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton, Noah Brown. Like, they are very capable on offense. They're very good on defense. They have one of the best defensive players in the league in Micah Parsons. And, you know, emotion-wise, you're like, oh, it's the Cowboys. They, they're they not winning another road playoff game, right? Like, they're not going into San Francisco and winning. It's the Cowboys. They choke no matter what. Yeah, well, look how that fucking worked out last week, mm. you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that like, is totally fair. Thinking about it from just a strict logical standpoint, every season's a new season. Every team's different. New matchups, new players. The past has no indication of the future as we know can the Cowboys go into San Francisco and win 
is my question to you. I think they absolutely can. I, I really do think that this game could go in either direction. I expect San Francisco to win. I think they have a massive coaching advantage. I think that they're more talented on offense at every position besides quarterback. And you said the Cow- the Cowboys have just as good of a defense. I, I suppose that is true. I, I would initially have said San Francisco, but the numbers are very, very close. So it, they're evenly matched teams as far as I'm concerned. You give they the are, quarterback yeah. edge to Dallas and then you give the coaching and home field advantage to San Francisco and you get what I expect to be a really close game to be honest I don't think that this game shoots out but with that being said just looking at things from a DFS perspective right these two quarterbacks were the two highest scoring quarterbacks on the slate last (laughs) week albeit there was no Mahomes and Hurts but Josh Allen was on the slate Daniel Jones put up 30 points Burrow was on the slate and yet it was Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy that shipped everything so these defenses are good but when you face elite weapons it's always possible for the game to go Mm -hmm. nuke so like I I think from just a pure theory perspective if you're going for max leverage if you're playing in the Millie maker or just a massive field tournament this game should not be like scratched off by any means like there is so much ceiling here we both we just saw the quarterbacks each put up 37 plus Christian McCaffrey has 40 in his range Tony Pollard, you could probably say has close to 40 in his range. He definitely has 35 plus in his range. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, like there is so much ceiling in this game. And I think that it will be the least targeted game on DraftKings. So just from that perspective, I think it's probably a a really incredible leverage spot. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you didn't mention CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb is a very good tournament play. And I mean, you look on DraftKings, like the 49ers in terms of DraftKings rankings have been bad against opposing wide receivers, mm-hmm. right? They're 28th worse against opposing wide receivers from a DraftKings uh, fantasy scoring perspective. So it is a it is a beatable matchup for these uh, Cowboys wide receivers. And we kind of saw that last week, right? Like Metcalf was able to get a very good game and, and that's Geno Smith. Dak Prescott's obviously a better quarterback. Obviously, defensive statistics are overrated and matchups are overrated. We've said this time and time again. And a, a lot of it really really just comes down to context, right? The context is the 49ers had one of the easiest schedules in the entire NFL. I just want you to go take a look on the offenses that they played in 2022. Like, obviously, they're a good defensive team, but you play in the NFC West, one of the worst divisions in the NFL. And then your other NFC division that you played was arguably the worst division in the entire league, the NFC South. You played the Bucks. You played the Saints. You played the Panthers. You played the Falcons. And they lost to the Falcons. Funny enough, their only losses were to the Bears, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. When you just look at the schedule, there's just context missing that's fair like i mean they also lost two starting quarterbacks this season and and you know made it to be the number two seed in the nfc yeah i mean coaching they're very good defense they are they are good but i'm saying the the numbers can get skewed a little bit by the teams that they played right they they played the broncos they played the teams in their division which were horrible like i said they played the nfc south they played the afc west which obviously they lost to the chiefs they beat the chargers by six and they they played washington so another cupcake matchup there for the 49ers defense like there's just a lot of context that you have to include 
And that just goes to say that don't fade teams because of matchups. The good players, they'll find a way to eat. They're going to get the volume. So guys like CD Lamb, Debo, uh, George Kittle, CMC, Tony Pollard, they're all good leverage plays this week because people are going to fade them because of the matchup and you know the the perceived like you can't run the ball against the 49ers. Well, yeah, it, it is that on paper, and they are good. But look at the running backs that they've played. Yeah, look that at the teams that they played. That does make a lot of sense. Hammered the under on uh, on Zeke before it got bumped. Shout out to me. I mean, shout that out shit's to you at for thirty four yards. Yeah, <laughs> forty eight and a half was free. Yeah, man. All right. Is there anything else that we need to touch on in regards to this divisional round slate? No, I mean I think. I think we pretty much covered everything. I, I would say, I would ask, uh, what, what's your favorite bet? You got to give the people your favorite bet out of this four-game slate. Could be a team total, an over, under, a spread. What All right, well, I, I won't steal yours, even though I do love it. I will say that it's Eagles minus seven and a half. Like I said, I, I really just think that this will be a non-competitive game. I think that the Eagles blow them out. So Eagles seven and a half, stone cold lock. <laughs> you said you won't steal mine. What's mine? Bengals team total, no? Yeah, I mean, over 21 and a half is a very good bet. It's disrespectful. It's frankly disrespectful to Joe Burrow. (laughs) Like, it's disrespectful to him as a man, and I I won't stand for that. Like, they're scoring at least, like, 24. Bro, this game is going to... This game is gonna shoot out, bro. That they're easily like th- this. That. This looks to me that like Vegas is expecting like a a twenty four twenty one type of game. Bills winning. Yeah, like that's what I get from looking at this game. Like a twenty four twenty one or twenty seven twenty one game for this Bills Bengals game. That's what I think Vegas is expecting. So I think if you're betting the team total, you can also bet the over because I think the Bengals are hitting their team total. It's going over forty eight and a half easily. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So I, I think that's a nice bet there. Either the full game over, if you want to just bet on both teams, obviously that that could hit with the Bengals not hitting their team total. And I also like the Bengals over 21 and a half. And then if I had to give the, the dog, my favorite dog, real quick, it's Cowboys MO. Mm, I like that. Bengals over 21 and a half in the over 48 and a half same game parlay on DK plus 150. I mean free you could even you could even buy that down to 20 and a half which is what i'd probably do 20 and a half yeah that makes sense that makes sense as well i like that all right we've said it all we've done it all we'll be back next week with our look at the championship round make sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel we are so close to hitting a thousand subs i expect to be there by the end of the year with a little bit of run good and support from the people shout out to everybody who's been tuning into the youtube channel and engaging with the prize picks content we've got multiple videos dropping on prize picks on the youtube channel this week and that is going to be it for episode 281 of the DFS Dose podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on within the network, you can join our inner circle via the free Discord chat. Link to find that is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Vibes. <laughs>